Today on the show, the world's largest porn site, Pornhub, uh, features literally billions of hours of content, has hundreds of millions of users, and a sizable portion of that content is rape and child porn. And a sizable number of those users are themselves very young children. Uh, now, are there any laws in place or any regulations penalizing Pornhub uh, for this or, or forcing them to block children from their, from their site or to weed out the rape and child porn? Not really, or at least... If there are laws and regulations, they are not applied to Pornhub in any meaningful way. Pornhub gets to be an exception to the kinds of rules and, and policies and regulations that are in place for, uh, for instance, things like uh, uh, liquor stores and, and those sorts of companies. Now, I don't know. I, I want to talk about this today. I just, I have this crazy idea. Maybe it's totally radical, but maybe Pornhub shouldn't be an exception. Maybe there should be some really basic, minimal, at least, regulations that would, um, that would require Pornhub to, you know, not actively market themselves to kids. That sort of thing. So we'll, we'll talk about that today. Uh, also, five headlines, including Biden's big wins last night. And, and also, uh, I think more important, or at least funnier, Biden uh, nearly getting into a fist fight with a voter uh, right before, uh, right, as, right as voting started. And we're going to talk about that. I, I have a take on Biden threatening and cussing out voters that might be a little bit different from what you're going to hear from most conservative people in media. And uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Well, I think I've canceled her multiple times already, but she is the, the, uh, the focal point of today's daily cancellation because of a video clip of her that I, I know you're used to seeing her say all kinds of dumb things, but this, this one really might take the cake. This, this one, it, it might even surprise you a little bit. That's how dumb it is. We're going to play that for you. Finally, your emails, including... In our Why I'm Wrong uh, segment, an email from Jack, who thinks that my show is terrible and uh, boring, and I, I talk about unimportant things that just don't matter at all. I need to find a, I need to find better and more important things to talk about, he thinks. Maybe he's right. We'll find out today. Uh, all of that coming up. But first, let's talk about ZipRecruiter. You know, with minimum wage hikes all over the country, it's making it even more important that employers find candidates who are better than average because the more you got to pay them then that means that they need to they need to come with the with the skills that can justify um, that salary according to the US Bureau of Labor Statistics Hawaii is the state experiencing the highest wage growth but while higher wages attract more and better candidates competition for talent is very intense so if you need to find the best candidates for your growing business ZipRecruiter is your smart efficient hiring solution from healthcare to manufacturing to professional business services uh, whatever it is ZipRecruiter makes hiring great people faster and easier and today you could try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com/walsh when you go to ZipRecruiter with one click you send your job uh, to ZipRecruiter's network of over 100 leading job sites what happens next well ZipRecruiter finds the best matches for your job invites them to apply and it's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Four out of five, the first day they get they get at least one quality candidate. So right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, my listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Walsh. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash W-A-L-S-H. ZipRecruiter.com slash Walsh. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right. Um, so Pornhub is facing renewed criticism for, uh, for hosting thousands of videos of sexual assault and child abuse. Uh, and there are so many cases of this that we could talk about with Pornhub. 
in just one case that that I think is especially egregious, 58 videos were uploaded of a 15-year-old sex trafficking victim being raped on camera. There were 58 videos of her being raped on Pornhub. And this is far from an isolated incident. There was another woman who recently wrote a blog post talking about her own experience of uh, being raped at 14. And eventually she uh, uh, found multiple videos of her assault on Pornhub. And the videos, she says, had titles like teen crying and getting slapped around and uh, passed out teen. One of them had close to half a million views on the site. Now she emailed, she says she emailed Pornhub multiple times with increasing desperation, begging them, pleading with them to take this stuff down. And they just ignored her. No response, totally ignored her. Then she got an idea. She sent a message pretending to be a lawyer. And right away there was a response. They took the videos down. These kinds of stories, again, are common and inevitable when you consider how Pornhub operates. Pornhub lets anybody upload hardcore porn to their site. Now, they claim they take careful steps to weed out rape and child porn. That is clearly not the case. We know that is not the case. We know they're lying. And it's not like the content hangs out on the dimly lit fringes of Pornhub. That's one of the ways we know they're lying. Teen is one of Pornhub's most popular search terms. And they're proud of that. You know, every year they release this uh, infographic where they talk about, you know, how many billions of hours people spent watching porn on their platform, how many users bragging about all the great success they're having. having. They also will openly tell you what the most common search terms were, and they tell you teen is one of them, and they have no problem with that at all. Um, now, of course, companies that make millions of dollars off of this stuff will, ins- will insist that the rape videos are only pretend rape. And the, uh, the 13-year-old girls in the teen videos are, are really 18-year-olds dressed up to look like high school freshmen. But we know for a fact that that isn't the case. And even if it were the case, even if it were, well, then still, I, I would think that hopefully we could agree there are some very serious ethical problems with feeding the rape and, uh, and child abuse fantasies of would-be pedophiles. Because if you go looking for videos like that, rape videos, a video of someone who looks 13, you can't say, oh, it's just pretend. First of all, how do you know? You don't, is the answer. And second of all, why do you want to see that even in pretend mode? You're, you're, you're one step away from a pedophile. Um, you, you obviously find that appealing. That should tell you something about yourself. It should tell us something about, about Pornhub that they happily cater to that group. Yet, this is only one facet of the problem when it comes to Pornhub and sites like it. The other issue is that anybody at all of any age can visit these domains and easily access billions of hours of filth and depravity, uh, stuff that is so vile. I was reading a story recently about detectives, police detectives, who have PTSD from having to wade through a lot of this stuff in order to find and, and prosecute child porn. And it, you know, you, we need people to do that so we can, Pornhub's not doing it, they don't care. 
But if we're going to prosecute child porn, which hopefully we all agree that they should, that we need people to go and find this stuff and imagine what they have to sit and watch to find it. Uh, but our kids at eight years old can easily fall into that world too. And nothing stopping them whatsoever. There is no age verification conducted by Pornhub. None. They don't even pretend to try. Now, many gambling sites, before anyone says, well, what are they supposed to do? There's a lot they could do. Many other sites do have age verification. Gambling sites, for example, require many of them a driver's license, a passport, a picture of one to ensure that, uh, that people are of age. Now, there are, there are more stringent methods taken by some sites where, because, of course, you know, you could always grab your brother's ID and take a picture of that. Well, there are other uh, sites that say you need a picture of the ID with, a, with, with your face right now. You need to take a selfie of yourself holding your ID, things like that. Now, can that be manipulated? Yes, it can, but it's, it's, it's so, many people are going to find a way around that. Many other people won't, though. So you are going to keep a lot of people out who otherwise you would not have kept out. Um, cryptocurrency exchanges use, use similar measures. Uh, stock trading sites. Even sites. Now, I know this as someone who, I, I, um, as a bourbon fan, you know, I like to go and look at reviews of, uh, of new bourbons that I'm going to try. And if I go to a bourbon review site, Inevitably, there's going to be a, a prompt that comes up and says, are you over the age of 21? And if you say no, it kicks you right out of the site. And that's just to read about alcohol, okay? To read about alcohol requires age verification. Obviously, easily circumvented. I could just say, yes, I'm over 21 when I'm not. But the point is, Pornhub doesn't even do that much. They don't even do that. They do less than what a bourbon review site does. Uh, they make absolutely no effort whatsoever to keep kids away from hardcore rape porn on their site. And that should concern all of us in a country where eight-year-olds, on average, are being exposed to porn. In fact, the situation is worse than Pornhub simply making no effort to protect kids. On the contrary, they, they market themselves to underage kids. I want to show you this. Take a look at this. Uh, this was, uh, I think, an Instagram post of theirs recently. And uh, talking about you know, referencing people going on Pornhub after their parents leave. Well, who, who do you who's who do you think this is t targeted to? You got you got Baby Yoda there talking about going to look at porn when your parents leave the house. Who do you think this is a this is a marketing tool, advertising? Who are they advertising to? Do you think they're advertising to nineteen year olds? Are they averaging av advertising to to thirty five year old men who live with their parents? I mean, I. I fully believe that people in that camp watch a lot of porn, but you think that's who they're primarily targeting there? No. Unless you're very stupid, unless you're willingly stupid, you know they are marketing that. That is advertisement to underage kids, and they're allowed to do it. Do you think a cigarette company could get away with that anymore? Not even close. Do you think an alcohol company could get away with that? Now, you might say that they find other ways of marketing to kids, and I'm sure they do, but they can't be that explicit about it. I, I mean, imagine that exact advertisement, except from Budweiser. 
and it's a picture of Baby Yoda drinking a beer. Right after my parents leave the house and he's drinking a beer. You, do you think you think they could? You think that would ever happen? I mean, they they they'd be sued to kingdom come if they put a an ad like that out. Pornhub can do it though. Pornhub's an exception. Why are they an exception? <laughs> Nobody can explain why. They just are. They get to be an exception. Only a nation of impotent cowards and emasculated narcissists who care more about protecting their sacred masturbation material than they do about protecting kids would sit back and allow smut peddlers this kind of free reign as if they have some sort of God-given natural right to show gangbang videos to third graders. The good news is we don't have to allow it. And you don't have to agree with my previously stated views on banning porn to agree because I'm putting that aside. Okay, let's try to, and I, I, I know that I'm very much in the minority with that view. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. I don't care about being in the minority. I find that oftentimes, I, I find it's, it's, it's more likely that if you find yourself in the majority in this culture on an issue, it's more likely you're wrong on that end. But uh, put that aside. doesn't matter. We're not talking about that. You don't have to agree with me on that. Put that completely to the side. You should still be able to agree that sites like Pornhub should at least be subject to minimal regulations to prevent them from profiting off of the abuse and, and, and corruption exploitation of children. Now, few of us, with the exception of absolutist libertarians, with the exception of the kind of people who still think that Atlas Shrugged was, was a literary masterpiece, with the exception of those people, few of us would argue that it's some sort of tyranny or oppression to require liquor stores to verify the age of their customers. Does anybody really get upset about that? Do you feel like your freedoms are under assault? When you go in to buy a beer and the person in the guest says, can I, can I see an ID? You say, my, my freedoms, my freedoms, I'm not free when you ask. No, nobody says that. You just show your ID, it's not a big deal. And uh, even though we think parents should be trying to stop their kids from binge drinking, we would all we, we agree on that. This is, a, this is a parenting thing primarily. The first line of defense when stopping a kid from becoming a binge drinker is the parents. But even so, companies that sell alcohol should bear some responsibility. If an eight-year-old walks into the quick stop and comes out with 40 ounces of malt liquor in his hand, um, you know, you could say that he mean, that means he has bad parents, fine. That doesn't justify the neglect of the person behind the counter who chose to sell that product to someone who was clearly underage and made no attempt whatsoever to verify the age. So bad parents doesn't justify that. Maybe he does that. Okay, he has bad parents. Okay, fine. He has bad parents. Yes. So what do we say to the kid? Screw you. We're nothing. Well, you're out of luck, kid. No protection whatsoever. If you have bad parents, you have no protection. We're doing nothing for you. Is that the message we send as a society? No. And nobody actually thinks that should be the message, which is why we all agree, unless we're insane, we all agree that, a, that a, someone at a liquor store who sells liquor to an eight-year-old should be prosecuted. As previously stated, we even expect other kinds of websites to do this, and nobody has a problem with it. 
I don't see anyone complaining that it's, it's a dystopia we're living in because you have to verify your age to go on a stock trading site. Why should Pornhub be an exception? What makes them special? Other than the fact that a lot of people like porn. As has been proposed in other countries, like Australia, for example, a law could and should be passed requiring sites like Pornhub to make some attempt to verify a user's age. We all understand that no age verification system will be perfect. They can be circumvented, circumvented, but any system is a hell of a lot better than no system, especially if that system requires a photo ID, a credit card, something like that. Alternatively, as has also been proposed, adults who wish to access porn could be required to opt in with their internet service provider. Uh, you put all the porn on a .xx domain, you gotta call your internet ser service provider, you opt in, and that, that would take the, the privacy concerns. I, you, know, you might say, well, I don't want to give my ID and my credit card to a porn company. I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. If you really want, if you really want that, that, uh, that content, then, I mean, if you're going to support a site like Pornhub that makes millions of dollars on child porn, which is what they do, and they do it on purpose, if you're going to support them, then, then you know, honestly, you, the fact that you'll be inconvenienced or have to worry about identity theft, I don't really care about that. But... We don't even need to do that. There are other ways. Opt in. I mean, there are a lot of, and I've just mentioned a couple of different ways, but there are other ways too. If we as a society decided this was a priority, this is something we wanted to do, we could easily do it. Uh, and in order to cut back on the rape and child porn on the platform, Pornhub could be required by law to block search terms that are directly related to that kind of content. And don't give me the free speech thing. It's not free speech to go online and pursue uh, rape videos. That's not free speech. You should not be able to upload a video titled Passed Out Teen. And you shouldn't be able to search for a video like that. Sex with a passed out teen is rape. It would be very easy, very easy for Pornhub to filter out videos that explicitly advertise themselves as rape videos. It's right there in the title saying, hey, this is a rape video. Pornhub could easily find that stuff and get rid of it. They don't because they have no interest in, because they'd rather make the money on it, because they're degenerate, filthy scumbags running that site, and uh, they don't do it because the law doesn't require them to do it. I'm not advocating for a big brother dystopia. I'm not saying the government should parent my kids. I'm not trying to legislate morality. So maybe we could put all of those dumb, cliched slogans to the side. I'm talking about basic, reasonable, not terribly onerous measures that would put sites like Pornhub right in line with other companies that sell products we have deemed unsuitable for children. Uh, Sure. And, 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 and I know that, and before you give me the so reasonable regulations, that sounds like the kind of thing that people who support gun control advocate for. Yes, except that gun control is a right guaranteed in, in, in the Second Amendment. Um, hardcore rape porn is not a right guaranteed. But more to the point, yes, a, a common sense regulation, like for instance, that a, a, a gun, you know, someone selling guns, should have to, you know, can't sell a handgun to a child. That is a common sense regulation I agree with. I hope we all do. Of course. 
So how about let's just get to that point with Pornhub. My point is they don't even have to do that. All of these other companies that provide products that we all agree children should not have access to, all of them have to do things, very basic things. They don't have to go way above and beyond. It's not like a liquor store has to call every time someone comes in, they gotta, they gotta, you know, call a reference or check your resume. Just a basic thing you have to do. Doesn't stop all the underage kids. It does stop some of them. And maybe some, you know, those of us who have been underage, as we all have been, you know, maybe we there, there were certainly times when we were able to circumvent those procedures at liquor stores. There were other times when we weren't able to. So it did work, sometimes at least. Pornhub doesn't have to do anything. Why should they be the only ones? Why should the porn industry be the only industry that is not required to take any measures whatsoever? to uh, keep kids away from their product that is not suitable for them. Doesn't make any sense. Yes, I would prefer to burn the porn industry to the ground and salt the earth with its, with its ashes. That's what I would prefer to do. So guilty as charged. But I don't think you need to hold that position. You don't need to agree with me on that to see that Pornhub is harming kids and monetizing that harm, and they're doing it on purpose, and they have no right to do it, And we could take steps to at least put obstacles and barriers in the way and get a a handle on some of the problem. We could take those steps. There is no good reason not to. Time is running out to get uh, 25% off. Great. Another great uh, segue by me. Time is running out to get 25% off all Daily Wire membership plans using coupon code NEVERSOCIALIST. This is the last week we're giving you for this offer, and uh, it's you don't you don't want to miss out. This is you get one more week. We keep extending it, being being far, in my opinion, far too generous. I don't think we should be this nice, but we are. And uh, you get that you get that discount on the membership because, uh, and you don't want to miss out on it. Daily Wire members get an ad-free website experience, access to all of our live broadcasts, show library, including the Matt Wall Show. Full three hours of Ben Shapiro show, access to the mailbag, um, and now exclusive election uh, insight op-eds from Ben Shapiro as well. So you're getting that written content on top of everything else. Daily Wire members also get to ask us questions live, like uh, many of you saw during the Super Tuesday backstage. Along with all of this, of course, you get the magnificent, the irreplaceable, the the gorgeous, the beautiful, uh, the awe-inspiring and inspirational. Uh, sacred and mystical leftist tears tumbler. And if you haven't already, download the Daily Wire app so you can get all of our great content on the go. Again, that's 25% off the Daily Wire memberships for all plans using coupon code NEVERSOCIALIST. So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. The deal is ending this week. So join now. That's dailywire.com slash subscribe. Okay. So headlines. Number one, mini mini, uh, mini Super Tuesday, I guess. I don't know if that's what we're calling it, but uh, it, it happened yesterday. Joe Biden took a commanding lead in the delegate count. He won four more states, including Michigan, which is a state that Bernie Sanders won in 2016, not this time. So this is uh, being being hailed or mourned, depending on where you're coming from, as the death knell of Bernie's campaign. Biden now has 837 delegates, which puts him almost halfway to what he needs for the nomination. Don't check my math on that. You need 1,991 for the nomination. So He's got 837. Uh, Brian Williams says that means he needs 46 million more delegates. I'm not really sure. But it isn't over for Bernie Sanders. Don't be too upset. He may have gotten routed last night and on Super Tuesday. 
He may be losing states he won in 2016. He may not get the nomination, but he'll be back in 2024 at the age of 83. I, I think we all know that. They'll wheel him in there. And then when he's 87, he'll be back again. As long as he is physically able to say one word, billionaire, or maybe two, billionaire bad. If he can say those two words, if he can somehow get those words out, or even just do it through sign language, that his campaign will live on because that is his entire campaign. That's it. That's all he's got. Number two, speaking of Michigan, uh, this also happened in Michigan. Joe Biden yesterday got into a heated exchange with a voter about his policies on guns. And uh, it's a sight to behold. Look, look at this. I support the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. To the very beginning, I have a shotgun, I have a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, my son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapon. I'm not taking your gun away at all. You need 100 rounds. You were in veto and you said you're going to take our gun. I did not say that. That's not I did not say that. It's a viral video like the other ones are putting out that are saying they're lying. Your old voice, you said that you're taking a gun. Oh, he just glorified it. Wait, 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 wait. Take your AR, your AR-14s and what? Okay, this is not okay. Hold on, hold on. Hey, let's get a little bit of There's a lot of guys. A lot of guys wanted me. I'm not working. So he says, it might be a little bit hard to hear there, but he says, you're full of S to the guy. Don't try me, pal. You want to go outside. He really says that. Don't be a horse's ass. And this is all because the, the voter is asking him some very good, basic, reasonable questions about his, his gun control policies. Now, I know this puts me outside the general conservative consensus on this, as I am with most things. But I maintain, I insist, that Joe Biden is never more relatable or likable than when he's getting in shouting matches with random people and cussing them out. That's the only time I like Joe Biden, is in those moments. These are the things that upset people the most, especially conservatives. Conservatives were going nuts about this online yesterday. I, just absolutely nuts. Really upset and angry. And I'm thinking, I, this is the only thing about him I like. Maybe I'm crazy. Or maybe it's, this is how I argue with my friends. When we get into a, a debate about something, it, it pretty much always goes there. Eventually, somebody's threatening to punch somebody. It might also be an Irish thing. I think Biden is, is of Irish descent. I'm not sure about that, but uh, he acts like it sometimes. And so it might be an Irish thing, too. It, it's, it just, you know, there's... Thing, there's a lot of passion that comes out in, a, in an argument. Violent threats are made, rarely followed up on. It's just, it's part of the language. It's how we speak. Uh, now, what I'll say is, whether you agree with me on that or not, I, I think this is much more preferable to, you know, I would prefer this, this, uh, hey, you're being a horse's ass, shut up. You want to take this outside, pal? Why, I'll give you a knuckle sandwich. And of course, the other great thing is that, as always, he makes threats as if he's uh, Dick Tracy or something, as if he's in a, you know, a 1950s detective movie. But I'd prefer that over what you normally get from candidates, which is uh, when they're talking to the middle class and blue-collar voters, it's, the middle class is the backbone of America. They're perfect in every way. I love you in the middle class. You're so great. I wish I was in the middle class. 
There's nothing better than the middle class. All of you are so awesome. Come here, middle class. Let me give you a kiss and hug. Come here. I, I Paraphrasing what almost every candidate says to the middle class. As a member of the middle class myself, I'm not into that. I'm not into it on several different levels. I don't need that. I don't need you sucking up to me. I don't need you to pretend that being middle class is the, is the ultimate dream. It's the, it's the goal of it. No, nobody, you know, we're all in the middle class just by default. Nobody gets to middle class and says, yep, this is all I want. I'm good here. Or I think very few people do. And even the people who, who are content, which I think contentment is good, but it's, it's not like their goal was to be middle class, right? So I don't need that. I would much prefer Biden's approach. At least it's authentic. Um, and it's also hilarious. So I'm not clutching my pearls over this. Number three, in coronavirus news, reading from a report in the LA Times, it says an analysis of the novel coronavirus spread inside the United States suggests that thousands of Americans are already infected, dimming the prospects of, for stomping out the outbreak in its earliest stages. Um, researchers estimate that by March 1st, the virus had already infected about 1,000 to 10,000 people who have not yet been accounted for um, released into a country of about 330 million. Each of these, uh, it talks about the small group of travelers who, who came here with coronavirus. And it says each of these travelers was assumed to have passed the virus to two to two and a half people, each of whom in turn infected another two to two and a half and so on and so on, towed up the nodes on this rapidly branching network of contacts and the numbers of victims balloons quickly, the researchers wrote. Of course, it makes sense that there are way more cases than being reported. And on the positive end of that, as we've discussed, it probably means the mortality rate is much lower than what they are reporting. But I do wonder about the logic here of assuming that each person passes it to two people on and on and on, because that doesn't seem to account for a change in behavior. I mean, aren't these estimates not taking into account the increased awareness and even paranoia over the disease that might change people's behavior and stop them from passing it on to the requisite two people? I don't know. It just, uh, it seems like you have to account for that. Number four, also on the subject of the coronavirus, people are finding uh, novel ways to protect themselves from the virus, as this local news report shows. And don't nobody want their child to be sick, and don't nobody want to take that virus to their house. Parents with children at Treadwell Middle and Elementary Schools are not playing around. Many wiped their kids down, and some even sprayed them with disinfectant spray as they took them home Monday. And I wiped my children's backpack down when I got them out of school. Sure did, gave them gloves. Sure did. Parents are doing this after they found out an employee who works at Treadwell Middle and Elementary came in contact with a person who tested positive for the coronavirus in Memphis. Some took more extreme measures. Two garbage bags. My shoes and came and Two sacks. Another sack. While the SES employee is quarantined, the district is focusing on making sure everything is clean. Still, family members tell me they don't want their kids in school. It's messed up. The flu killing more folks than daddy is, so what's up? We're going to die anyway. You know, I have to say, I don't feel too protected by this. It just doesn't. I, I feel maybe I need to spray Lysol directly in my face as well, like the uh, like the dad was doing to his son, which doesn't seem too healthy. But this right here, I guess it's better than nothing. But I feel like there are a lot of access points still for the coronavirus to get in here. Uh, number five, the headline in the New York Post. I'll just give you the headline in the New York Post. I mean, this, this is all I'm giving you. Headline is coronavirus conference canceled in New York because of coronavirus. 
And I was going to go on and explain what this story is about, but I think we can just leave it there. They canceled the coronavirus conference because they realized that the coronavirus exists. One of the coronavirus conference organizers said to the other one, hey, have you heard about this thing called the coronavirus? It's pretty contagious. And the other one said, coronavirus? No, I hadn't heard about that. Well, I guess we should cancel the coronavirus conference. And that's how that ended up happening. But pretty smart decision. All right. Um, now, let's go to your day. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I thought about wearing the bag for the entire show, but I'm not going to do that. Um, not safe either. Don't try that at home, kids. Don't put bags over your head. Much, much, much greater likelihood of, of, of suffocating on a bag over your head than, than dying of coronavirus. I think we probably agree. Now, um, this feels like almost like cheating, honestly, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I've canceled her, her already, probably multiple times. But today we're canceling AOC again because of this. Honestly, it sounds almost so silly to say, but there's a lot of restaurants that are feeling the pain of racism uh, where people are literally not patroning Chinese restaurants. Um, they're not patroning Asian restaurants because of just straight up racism around the coronavirus. Okay, so a few a few problems here, just, just a few. Uh, she made about five er- errors, five significant errors in 20 seconds. So that's one, about one every five seconds, which is consistent with her overall average. First, Chinese is not a race. I, I want everyone to get that o- through their heads. All of the race-baiting um, leftists who are, are trying to get it, find racism in the coronavirus thing, Chinese is not a race. You can't be racist against Chinese people. There are many different ethnicities in China. And to lump them all together, well, if anything, that's racist. If anything. Second, patroning is not a word. The word you're searching for, Alexandra, is patronizing. And I don't mean to be patronizing when I tell you this, but patronizing. Patroning would be spelled P-A-T-R-O-N-I-N-G, which would be pronounced patroning. And it would involve, I suppose, dumping Patron tequila over somebody's head. That's a Patroning. When you've done that, you've Patroned somebody. Third, you can't be racist against a restaurant or a type of food. If people are worried, even irrationally worried, that there might be a disease at a particular restaurant, it's not racist to avoid that restaurant. And even leaving aside the fact that China isn't a race, restaurants aren't a race either, and neither is a food. Food doesn't have race. So it's not bigoted to avoid a place where you think you might be exposed to a a disease. Fourth, uh, people are avoiding restaurants in general. So this is is not anything unique. If I decided not to go to Olive Garden tonight, is that bigoted against Italian people? Is this an attack on Italians? No, if anything, it's an attack on Italians to go to Olive Garden. And um, fifth point, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is an enormously stupid individual. And sixth, she's canceled. Again, until next week, when we'll cancel her once again. We'll just do it. We'll do it a weekly. She'll, she'll, she'll be a weekly feature. Okay, let's go to emails. And you can email the show. You can access the mailbag by becoming a member, become a Daily Wire member, as we've uh, just discussed. Um, this is from Matthew. says, hi, Matt. I really enjoyed your new book. As a recently married Catholic, I found it to be a fountain for conversation with my new wife, I've never read a faith book that wasn't written by C.S. Lewis, so thank you for writing something that's compelling, challenging, and humorous. Keep up the good work, fighting for Catholicism, culture, and conservatism. You give me positive support daily in your podcast, and we keep you and your family in our prayers. Thank you for that. 
it's unfortunate that you had to have the same name as me because now it's going to sound like I wrote that complimentary email to myself. And yes, I would be dumb enough to write a fake email to myself with my own name. Uh, from Anonymous, uh, when you first started this porn crusade, I thought you were crazy. But the more you talked about it, the more I began to think for myself. I'm trying to quit porn now. And because, you, I, because of you, I made the decision to research and come to the conclusion it wasn't healthy for me. You're doing a good thing. Don't let people tell you otherwise. Not that you would. Ha ha. Well, the fact that you thought I was crazy, but you, you listened anyway, uh, and actually gave my arguments consideration, I'm grateful for that. I wish more people would, would do it, not just with me, but in general. You hear something, you think it's crazy. Well, let me hear it out. Let me at least listen to the argument. Maybe it is crazy, but uh, let me at least listen. And the fact that you did that is great. Now, this email segment has been way too warm and cozy and agreeable so far. So let's stop with the kumbaya stuff and um, let's get to why I'm wrong. This is a why I'm wrong email of sorts. Not really taking issue with my arguments as far as I can tell, but more with my topic selection, my general approach, uh, my everything about me. It's, it's, more, it's more about me as a person than it is about my arguments. Okay, this is from Jack. Says, we get it. You don't like porn, though I think you protest a little too much and you don't like drag queens, and you don't like abortion. If you're wondering why your show isn't as popular as the others, maybe it's because you go on and on about this bull s nobody cares about. Uh, how many times are you going to rant and rave about porn? There are so many issues in the world, and this is what you decide to go on about. If you don't like porn, don't watch it, all caps. If you don't, um, you don't need to go on a holy crusade over it. If you don't care about, I know you don't care about my opinion, you don't care about anyone's opinion, but maybe you should consider other people's perspective besides your own for a change. Nobody wants to hear you talk about porn every day or drag queens or see your articles about it every day. Give it a rest and find something else to talk about, and then maybe people will care about your show. Just a thought, and by the way, I'm a conservative telling you this. Jack, thank you for the email. Uh, I want to stop and think about this for a second. How many shows... Have I done? It's not a rhetorical question. I really don't know the answer. I think it's 400 something, maybe 450. 450, I think, about there. Um, how many articles have I written total since I started doing this? I mean, going back to before the Daily Wire. I assume this email that you wrote was about my article on Pornhub that I wrote yesterday because obviously you sent it before I did my show about it. But, um, and, and, and you should know by now that the best way to get me to do a show on a topic is to send me an email telling me to stop doing shows on that topic. But, um, so, how many articles? I, I don't know how many articles I've written in my, in my life ever since I, I had a platform and, I was, and I've been in this position, whatever that position is. So, I don't know, maybe 3,000 articles? That's a conservative estimate, roughly. Let's just call it that. Let's call it 3,000. So, 450 shows, 3,000 articles, give or take. Between these two mediums, how many of them do you think were about porn? Or not even about porn. I mean, how in how many of those did I even mention porn? I, I can tell you it's not 3,450. Not anywhere even close to that. I'd say I've maybe done five or six shows about porn out of 450. Maybe. And you can check me on that. Maybe five or six. Total on the subject. And I've written maybe 10 articles about it. Total. We could even call it 20. It's not 20, but we could call it that. So out of thousands of articles, 20 have been about porn. Out of hundreds of shows, five or six have been about porn. So talk about it every day? Not even close. 
not even in the vicinity or the ball, not even in the vicinity of the ballpark of close. I don't come anywhere close to talking about it every day. So it's not that you're upset that I talk about it every day. You're upset, and be honest about this, you're upset that I talk about it at all. Not every day. At all. You don't want to hear about it at all. You cannot tolerate any discussion of the dangers of porn or its effect on people and kids especially. You don't want any time devoted to it at all. And I know that because I devote very little time to it, probably a lot less than I should, and it's too much for you. In fact, it's so much that it seems to you like I talk about it every day when it's not even close to that. So what does that say about you? Which one of us has the issue here? Which one of us has an unhealthy fixation? Is it the guy who's produced hundreds of hours of content and thousands of pages of articles and dedicated a small fraction of them to the porn problem? Or is it the guy who can't even stomach that small fraction? Which one of us do you think? As for the gender stuff, the drag queens, abortion, sure, I I certainly talk about those, uh, especially abortion, far more often. Why? Well, because 60 million babies have been killed by abortion since Roe v. Wade. I tend to think that's pretty important. In fact, I can't think of an issue that's more important than 60 million babies dead. As for the gender stuff, drag queens and everything, why do I talk about that? Because it represents the sexual exploitation of children, the corruption of children. It's an assault on reality and common sense and science and decency. And I consider that to be rather important too. Let me ask you this, and I'm picking on you a little bit, only because you're sort of an avatar right, right now uh, f- for me of, of the many people who write to me or leave comments or send messages on and on and have done so over the years, telling me exactly what you're telling me. So I know that you're not alone. Um, there are others that feel the same way. That You talk about this stuff too much. Well, let me ask you, or anyone who feels this way, what would you have me talk about instead every day? Take out all the time I've spent on these topics and replace it with what exactly? What issues are more important? What issues are more important to you in your mind and are not talked about enough already? Politics? You you want me to get on here every day and say, blah, blah, Dems are bad. The Trump is under attack. Blah, blah, blah. Let's do another show on the attack on Trump. The media doesn't like Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Now, something tells me if I did that every day, if I was like other conservative media people, fortunately none here at The Daily Wire because I really do love the other shows and I think uh, there's a wide, uh, you know, the other guys are thoughtful and interesting and, and I think we provide a, a pretty diverse array of ideas and approaches and, 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 and perspectives and everything. But there are plenty of conservative media people who every single day, all they do, all they ever do is talk Trump and politics, Trump and politics, Trump and politics. Would that be better? Something tells me if I did that, you wouldn't be complaining. In fact, I can't help but notice that people on Twitter, some, some of them who, who say the stuff to me that you say, uh, that I talk about porn every day or whatever, drag queens, abortion, even though I don't. Some of those same people every day, they retweet and share the same dull, tired, redundant political talking points. The Dems hate America. They hate America. The media is bad. Which they do, of course. They do hate America, and the media is bad. And I've said that too, and I talk about that. But you want me to say that every day? Do you need that every single day, the same thing over and over and over again? Is that the content you want? Here's why this annoys me. And it's got nothing to do with wanting you to like my show, because you're right, I don't care if you do or not. But um, it annoys me because, leaving my content out of it, 
So many conservatives still do not understand that there are deeper issues than politics, that politics is further up the tree. It's not at the root. If you're talking politics, and I'm not saying we should never talk politics, but when you do that, you're chopping away at twigs and branches. You are not at the root. The issues pertaining to life, marriage, gender, family, children, even pop culture, and yes, pornography, these issues are far more important They have a far greater effect on people, on culture, on society, in our trajectory and future as a civilization. They just do. These issues I talk about, I mean, maybe you've noticed, I've been alive for 33 years. We've had Republican presidents, Democrat presidents. It hasn't really made that much of a difference. We we still are marching along the same trajectory, going on the same path as as a culture. It hasn't really mattered that much. The issues that I talk about that you've decided you don't want to hear about, the issues that I'm too obsessed about in your mind, they're way more important than whatever else you think I should be harping on. If you can't see that, if you don't understand that, if you still don't see that after all this time and after all this evidence, you are part of the reason why the left has won the culture and conservatives are left scavenging for crumbs and talking about political BS. You're part of the reason why the left has won the culture so convincingly, so completely, that I say we should put some basic regulations on the porn industry to stop them from marketing to children, and so-called conservatives join the left in resisting that. It's astounding. I mean, they beat you. Jack, you, you join them. They beat you. They own you. You are their lackey. They have you. When you're sitting there saying, ah, let's not attack the port industry, I don't care about abortion, you are theirs. And I don't care how much you talk about Trump or how much you like Trump, you are theirs, they own you. They beat you. Here's the interesting thing I want you to think about in closing. All the people who tell me the issues I talk about don't matter and aren't important, you know who those people are? They're never leftists. I I get a lot of blowback from leftists, as you might expect. And why do you think I get so much, by the way? Do you think these media people who only ever talk about Trump, do you think they get a fraction of what I get? They don't. I can tell you that right now. They don't. Why is that? Well, the leftists, when they send me their hate mail, um, and I can show you the receipts, they don't tell me, stop talking about abortion, it doesn't matter. They don't tell me, stop talking about porn, it doesn't matter. They don't even tell me that the drag queens and the, and the, and the, you know, the trans stuff and the gender, they don't say it doesn't matter. No, the exact opposite. You know, they, they say, well, I, I read to you some of the stuff they said about me when I, you know, you're, a, you're, you're a threat to the lives of LGBT people. You're, you're, th- this, is a, this is a danger to blah, blah, blah. That's the way they go. They don't say it doesn't matter. The only people who are dumb enough to say it doesn't matter are the conservatives. And that's why we lose and have lost. Because we're the only ones dumb enough to think that issues that pertain to life and family and kids don't matter. We're the only ones stupid enough to say that. And it's just stupidity that I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't stomach it. You want to talk about not being able to stomach things. I can't stomach that anymore. We got to wake the hell up because, um, because uh, we're losing and we're going to continue to lose unless we realize, come to the realization that this stuff really does matter.
and, and the fact that our kids are watching porn at the age of eight, it really, really matters. And, and 40 years from now, 30 years from now, when we've got a generation of adults who have been raised on hardcore porn since before they hit puberty, I mean, we're going to see how much it matters. And by then, it's going to be too late. And, and, and you're going to be complaining about, about, about uh, what's happened to the culture and where we are. Yet you were part of the problem. Because when we could have done something, we could have talked about it, you didn't want to hear about it. Thanks for the email. And thanks, everybody, for watching. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Walsh Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring, supervising producer Mathis Glover, supervising producer Robert Sterling, technical producer Austin Stevens, editor Danny D'Amico, audio mixer Robin Fenderson. The Matt Walsh Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Joe Biden ended Bernie Sanders' campaign last night with massive victories in Missouri, Mississippi, and Michigan. We will examine how Bernie fell apart and what troubles lay ahead for Sleepy Joe. Then, Eat the Rich YouTube socialist Carlos Maza gets exposed as a rich guy, revealing a key generational difference between old left socialists like Sanders and millennial socialists like Maza. All that and so much more. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Music